Here at Doxaday Bloom, we are excited about making disciples who impact the city and nations. We hope that you enjoy today's message. Now, today we are still busy with our series that we call uh, Five Ways to Rule in Life. And uh, today we're going to talk about something that's very important. We're going to talk about boundaries, and we're going to talk about God's view on the way that we live in terms of boundaries. But before I I go into that, I first want to just give a bit of background again. Maybe you've heard this, then I apologize. It will be good for you. But if you haven't heard it, I think it's very important for us to understand that when we talk about ruling in life, what is actually, what is the heart of this and why is this so important? So when we, when we open our Bibles, we, we look in the book of, or we see in the book of Genesis that God created order in a place of chaos. Um, I, I chose the message, uh, the paraphrase just today to kind of explain that. Listen how Eugene Peterson translates it. He says, God created the heavens, and the earth. All you see and don't. And then he says, the earth was a soup of nothingness, a bottomless emptiness, an inky blackness. And God's spirit brooded like a bird above the watery abyss. So I think many people with small children well, this will sound familiar. Maybe you think that's the way my life feels today. It is just inky blackness and nothingness and a bottomless pit of not enough sleep. But the beautiful thing is that God arrives on the creation scene in a space of chaos. And then through His Word, and I think it's so important for us to understand that through His Word, He creates order. He sets things in place. He, he, he creates a space where, where life can flourish. And then the next thing that actually surprises us in this picture is that then after putting everything in motion for creation, God steps in and He creates humanity with a very specific designed purpose. And the Bible says of this moment, it says Genesis 1.26, God said, let us make human beings in our image to be like us. What, What does this mean to be like us? It means to literally in an environment of chaos bring order. That is the most divine thing, the expression of who God is. He says they will reign, not just consume, not just eat and braai all the fish and all the animals and all the plants, but to reign over them. God's intent, God's designed purpose for humanity was to reign on this planet. And I think many times when we talk gospel, it's very easy to fall into the trap of thinking, you know, it's all about just getting off this planet, going to heaven, going to another place. I don't worry about debt. I don't worry about the mess in the streets. I don't worry about the city. I don't worry about the politics. I don't worry about the economy. You know, that'll be the antichrist's problem. I'm going to heaven. So, but God says no. He's intent was for us to step into this creation and to represent him as an authority that will bring rule, that will bring order. 
Now, we understand out of the picture of, 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 of the, the human story that the next moment was a moment of falling into sin. And suddenly man ended up, instead of ruling over this creation, he ended up being enslaved by all the realities of this creation and uh, ended up out of the garden, out of the space where he was supposed to rule um, and through his hard work trying to survive and stay alive. But then when Christ arrives on the scene. We read Romans 5, 17, and it's so important for us to understand this, this part of salvation. As Paul writes, he says, if by one man's trespass, what Adam did, death reigned through that one man, how much more will those who receive the overflow of, of grace and the gift of righteousness, and then he uses the same word, reign in life. Through that one. You see, part of the gospel story, part of the good news is that God did not just save us for eternal purposes, but God saved us for current reality. To bring a restoration to that original design plan that God had. When God made Adam and Eve, when, when, when there was that moment when the architects and the, the, and the, the engineers get, got together to, to have the design conversation, God said part of that design conversation about humanity was a capacity, was a purpose to bring order, to rule in life. And what Christ came and what he accomplished on the cross was not just to, to change our eternal destination, but it was also to reinstall the capacity to take responsibility for what God created. If we read the Bible and we understand what the Bible's story is, we will constantly be reminded about the fact that God feels very excited about this creation, that God loves this planet, that whatever God created here is actually precious to Him. He's not going to just write it off. We are not looking at that. this planet as something that will go up in flames and disappear and will no longer be present because God's rule is coming back to this planet. This place is important. That's why it's so beautiful because it's, it's representing the, the, the creation capacity and character of God. That's why we look at a sunset and we realize, wow, this is beautiful. That beauty reminds us about the beauty of the Creator. This place is important to God. And part of our gospel good news reality is there's a restoration in our capacity to rule. You see, that is our creative purpose. Not just to go to heaven, but to right here on this planet be the representative of God and bring order where there is chaos. And that is important. And it's only in the abundance of grace, when we receive God's grace. Paul calls this in Ephesians. He says, he says, God lavished us with grace. I love that word. He lavished us. He gave us so much grace because in the environment of grace, life will flourish. But he also gave us a gift of righteousness. That means right standing with God. In what Christ did on the cross, he fixed the broken relationship that we had with God. And if that broken relationship is restored, then we are again called into this space of ruling 
and bringing God's presence in every space. When you're a teacher, that is God's creative intent for your life, is bringing the presence of God into that classroom. If you're a businessman, God's desire, God's design for your life was to bring His presence into that business arena. When you are a sportsman and you are a, you're a hero out there on the sports field, exactly the same thing. Part of God's design for your life is to bring His presence into that space. Now, how do we do it? And we're asking five questions about the first one. We're saying, it can only happen if I submit myself to the Lordship of Christ. I cannot rule on His behalf if I am not under His authority. When Romans 10 explained the reality of, of salvation, it's very interesting that there's in Romans 10 no reference of confessing your sin to go to heaven. It's saying, if you... Confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. So there's something about being under the Lordship of Christ that restores this capacity to actually bring his rule to this world. And uh, the moment that we understand that, we understand that's the beginning of the process, that we come under His Lordship. That is restored in us. And then we talked about the second week, uh, the fact that uh, we need to work. I mean, and to work, we need to rest. And we, do, we have to have a balance between work and rest because after God created, He rested. And now we live from that rest of the accomplished work of Christ as we bring His reign to this world. And then the third week, we spoke about the importance of, of being connected, of, of connecting to other people around me while the whole world is kind of moving into a place of isolation and individualism. We realize that God called us to live connected in this world. And then today we're talking about now living with healthy boundaries. Now in this creation picture, it's so important to understand that God actually, everything he did, he did with the intent of creating boundaries. If you go read Genesis, that's the picture we see. And uh, these, these boundaries, it's important, I'm going to constantly call it that today, it's not laws. It was just principles because that's the way that God thinks. That's the way that God expresses himself. So when we read Genesis 1 verse 3 and 4 about creation, we see God immediately putting down a boundary between night and day. He said, this is light and this is darkness. And then he said, let's call this day and let's call this night. So there was immediately, there was something of order in that. And how amazing that that has been predictable for all of eternity. Since God created. I mean, there's no morning that you and I wake up as our alarm clock goes off and it says it is seven o'clock in the summer if you sleep that late and you look at your watch and you realize it's seven o'clock and you think, oh my word, God forgot about the sun. It's not shining today. It never happens because God set that order in place and it's, it's there to remind us about the fact that God sees things in that way. It's never violated. We violate it because we discovered electricity. So now we can, we can like steal hours of the night by creating our own like little false day and we can stretch the day deep into the night. But that's us. That's not God's order. And I'm not saying you should go to bed when the sun sets. <laughs> But when God created, he, if we read verse 9 of chapter 1, 
He said, this is dry ground and this is water. He set up a boundary. And whenever that boundary is violated, we actually call it a disaster. So if there's some tsunami in the ocean and the water wave comes over the, the dry land, we, we watch on TV and we say, that's a big disaster. You know, this, this border, this, this boundary that God set up is now being violated. And what happens when there's a disaster like this? People get hurt. Kind of need to make a note of that. When God made man, he also created a little border, a little, a little boundary. It was very simple. God said, Genesis 1 verse 9, um, I, uh, or actually uh, just a bit further, chapter 2 verse 16, 17. He said, I'm putting you in this garden, work it, look after it. And then God said, just one tree. Just one tree. Don't go there. Just one tree. And then it's very interesting that the enemy, which is very real, enters on the scene. And what does the enemy say? He, he comes and he says, Did God say that you are not allowed to eat of any of these trees? Because what was the enemy trying to do? He was trying to convince Adam and Eve by saying that, you know, this God, he is so cruel. He doesn't even want you to survive. He wants you to die, not being allowed to eat of any tree. But God did not say that. He only put down one boundary, one boundary, saying, don't go there. You can have of everything. You can enjoy it. You can, you can can it. You can save it for life. You can dry it. You can live of it. You can flourish of it. Just don't go there. Now the enemy says, oh, this terrible God. You know, he's, he's really cruel. He's going to make you die and suffer. And then a hand reaches out and crosses a boundary. And all of humanity is damaged by that. It's like the Frank Sinatra song. Do you know the song? I'll do it. Where's all, the, where's all the voices? I'll do it my way. Isn't that like the, the result, the reality of humanity? Thinking, you know, we, we, we're really special, you know. When, when God says don't do that, we just, oh no, Lord, I am so special. You just haven't heard about my beautiful plan to handle this. God, you're saying this, but I'm saying, oh man, you just don't know. It's so much better if you just go there. I'll do it my way. As, as humans, we're almost obsessed with challenging boundaries. Um, I, I, I discovered, because I have, I have children, um, they were in high school and they're students, most of them now, and I, so I also discovered YouTube. Any YouTube fans? You, you, you also sometimes, when, when I get stressed in the office and I have a lot of stuff to do, you just take that moment, close the door, you put your foot on the table, and then you kind of take out YouTube and you look at a funny video. Anybody else do that? Like, it's crazy what people do. I mean, there's this one of a guy that, that puts his head inside the mouth of a crocodile. That's crazy. I mean, you look at it and you think, you are crazy. You see other guys jumping off stuff, diving in stuff, going crazy. I mean, it is part of the nature of humanity to actually constantly be challenging boundaries. 
And we love it. We celebrate it. We laugh at it. It's really funny. And it's very entertaining. What's not funny? And not entertaining. It's when people's lives get messed up. When they challenge boundaries. Sitting with a, with, a, with a man in my office just the other day that messed up the boundary of substance abuse. And something that he was supposed to rule over has now enslaved him and alcohol has become his master. That's not funny. That's not funny when a couple that has a beautiful, beautiful marriage and they do not understand the boundaries either in terms of faithfulness or the boundaries in terms of work-life balance. And they mess up something so beautiful because they just don't understand the principle of a boundary. It's not funny. When our children as teenagers challenge the boundaries in terms of their sexuality and end up with teenage pregnancy or sexually transmitted diseases. Now that is not funny. It's not funny when we do not understand the principles in terms of boundary in my budget and living in God's way of stewardship and generosity, and I mess up finances, and I end up in debt, thinking that maybe one day the Antichrist will, will pay off my debt. So I don't have to worry about it. But you carry the, the pressure of debt. That's not funny. It's not funny when people start living my way. In essence, it is a disaster. So what is a boundary? What is this thing? Is it like a law? Because many times we read in the Bible and we think, oh yeah, this is God's law, so if I miss this, you know, I'm going to, I'm just going to, God is just going to judge me and He's going to condemn me because I missed His law. You see, if we start reading the heart of God's love in everything He says, we will not see laws in it, but we will see boundaries in it. Because love always draws boundaries. If you take, if you go to school and you take the book that the teacher gives you, there's a little red line. We call it the margin. The intent is to write on this side of the line. So keep this space open. Why would we do that? You can look at that book and say, you know, I can save a lot of money if I, if I ignore the margin. I can write many more words into my book. But you know what you're doing? You're taking the space where the teacher is supposed to write. That's where the teacher says, well done. Ten out of ten. You can look at a sports field and say, you know that little white line running around, around the side? I'm going ignore, to ignore that. I'm going to run flat speed over the line and see what happens. Usually there's a concrete wall. <laughs> You can drive on the highway and say, man, this traffic is killing me. I'm going to take the left yellow lane and pass all the traffic. I'll drive in the space no one else drives because I will do it 
my way. You see, we think about boundaries in terms of concrete walls. There's a concrete wall. So I can ask the strongest guy here in church. So I don't want to like pick one now because there's many big guys. So maybe I will offend you. But we can take the biggest guy and then we can say, listen, take like a good run from that side. And let's see if you can run right through that concrete wall. We will, of course, phone the ambulance. And they will come and they'll have to repair a nose and a few injuries. Because this is a reality. Sometimes we think in terms of boundaries as concrete walls. The idea that God had was the fact that in life, there's a lot of concrete walls that will damage us. There's a lot of principles. If we violate that, we will be broken. We will be damaged. We will be limping. The idea of a boundary is to say, before I reach the concrete wall, I will draw a line. Yeah. It's just a line. It's just a principle. It's just a conviction. But this line will protect me from running into that wall. If I try the wall thing time and again, I will get hurt. Nobody sitting in this auditorium, nobody on this planet Earth is so special that you can run through a wall. It's only in the movies. It's only Superman and Batman and Iron Man, and they are not real, and me and you, we are not like them. We are ordinary human beings, and we think that we're special. We think, we say to God, God, I know, I know you said, don't go there, but you don't know I'm really special. And I, you know, I don't fall into that category. I don't have to align my life with that. I can dive into the water and I can breathe water. That's how special I am. Yes, and you can once. <laughs> Just once. Then you will find out there's a difference between being loved and being special. And God said, you love, not special. We're all the same. If we breathe water, we die. If we run in a wall, we get hurt. If we violate boundaries, we have damage. Not just us, but the people around us as well. It's the same principle. And God says, through my love, I want to guide you. Through my word, I want to guide you to discover that there's white lines that you can draw that will keep you away from the spaces that will actually damage and hurt you. Will you allow me to help you discover the white line that you say, I will stay clear of the concrete wall? Quality happens. Quality happens if you understand the boundary. That makes life worth living. The secular world says, go as far as possible, press in as much as you can, shake it down, gather and increase. God says, no, less is more. Say no before you get to the concrete wall. Say no before you get hurt. Draw boundaries in faith conviction, not laws of a God sitting in heaven looking at you and saying, if you ignore this, I will judge you. No, it's a loving father looking at our lives and saying, if I leave you to run full speed into the concrete wall, it will only you be you that's hurt. That's a loving father. And somewhere along the line, humanity said, this is a God obsessed with laws while he was a God obsessed with us. And his love asked different questions. God always says, less is more. So why do we do it? 
Why do we go crazy? My, my children, I, it's very interesting when, you, when you're over 50 and you have younger children, they start explaining certain concepts to you as if you don't know and you don't live in a real world. So uh, it's very interesting when someone uses the term FOMO and I'm present, being over 50, people explain what it means. So they'll say FOMO and then they'll you know, it, it means the fear of missing out. So if you don't know what FOMO is, it's the fear of missing out. So why do we do it? Why is that kind of the human thing, the, the my way thing? And I think many times it's driven by just this one word. It is the fear of missing out, the fear of falling behind, the fear of not living to the full, the fear that God won't help, the fear that if I don't help myself, nothing will work in life, the fear that if I do not do this, I will not be special. It is always at the center of every boundary that I violate. It is a fear that I will miss out on something. Not understanding that God is saying, I want to help you to miss out on the pain of the concrete wall. Because they are there everywhere in life, in every relationship, in every budget, in every workspace, in every sense of morality. The concrete walls are there. And God says, trust me, to help you to, through faithful conviction, say no to the fear that's driving you. It's so beautiful when Paul writes to the young Timothy, he uses these words, 1 Timothy 1 verse 7. He says the following, God has not given us a spirit of fear. And that's not fear for, it's not the fear of all the unknown in the world. Because when Paul uh, defi defines the, what is the fear not, if we do not have a spirit of fear, he says we have another spirit. And what is this spirit? That is exactly the same spirit as we saw in Genesis 1, brooding over creation. This was exactly the same spirit in which God created life to flourish. And he says, we did not receive a spirit of fear, but we received one of power. Oh, so God, I have power to actually say that there's a white line. There's a boundary, and I'm not going to cross it. The second thing he says, a spirit of love. And that's beautiful, because we can draw boundaries in terms of our own selfishness. And now Paul says, oh, no, no, no. Our boundaries are drawn by love. In other words, I consider other people in drawing my boundaries. Otherwise, I might say, you know, there's a concrete wall of working way too hard. So I'm not going to work seven days. No, God is, I, I, Lord, I understand that's my way. I will try to do as little as possible. I will just work one day. And then I go hungry. And my children suffer. Because now it's not love. That's drawing the line. I will say, Lord, I will, I will definitely not serve in church. You know, I don't have capacity to do that. I have to, I have, to have boundaries and say, when Tumi stands here and he says, come serve at the children's church, I must say, no, no Lord, I have enough things to do already. You know, my, my plate is so full, I cannot do. Now he says, no, you don't have a spirit of fear. You have one of love. It's not all about me. And then he says, we have a spirit, and I love this principle, of sound judgment. Self-discipline. 
what, what did God put inside us? The moment he restored our capacity to rule, he put this spirit inside us. So I can look at life and I can say, God, your boundaries doesn't work. You say, work six days, rest one. I found a better way. I can say, God, your way of doing finances does not work. You said 90% is yours, 10% is mine. I can say, God, that doesn't work for me. I can look at relationships and say, I can do work all day. I can, I can be obsessed about hobbies or play golf all day. And you will look after my house and my children and my marriage. And God says, no, you don't understand boundaries. I can say, Lord, I, I will work 8 or 10 or 12 hours per day. But God says, if you start with me and you set apart half an hour or an hour, you will experience that 8 hours after being one hour in my presence is worth more than 10 of your best hours at work. I can say, Lord, I'll do it my way. But a loving father will ask the question, can I help you to draw a line? Far from the wall that will hurt you. So that you can experience quality of life. You see, it's easy to sacrifice the margin. But what are you sacrificing? If you sacrifice margin in relationships, you end up with shallow and worthless relationships. If you sacrifice margin in finances, you end up with pressure. If you sacrifice margin in morality, you end up with deep, broken challenge. If you sacrifice margin in time, you end up with health issues, brokenness is guaranteed. Quality is determined by the boundaries we set in life. I love this verse. James 1 verse 21 in the message. It says, so throw away oil, all spoiled virtue and cancerous evil in the garbage. That's the my way. That's the cancer of humanity. And then he says, in simple humility coming to Christ as my Lord, I allow the gardener God to landscape my life with the word. And I love this picture. Making my life a salvation garden. It's the same God back in the garden in Genesis saying, Adam, Here's the garden. Take responsibility for it. And God says, the way that the garden is supposed to look, it's supposed to look like a salvation garden. It's supposed to be pruned by the word of God, by the principles of his, of his word. And if I do not allow it, I end up with a garden overgrown and a mess. And that is not salvation. That my way. You see, any 
area of your life, if you were to be honest today, any area in your life that's a mess today can be related to some or other love boundary of God that I violated, that I did not set in place. That I did not ask God to help me to stay within that boundary. Because if we miss the healthy boundaries, we lose the quality of life. God intended for us to flourish. To have life and have it to the full. But only if we live in that order of ruling over my own life and trusting God to set the boundaries in place. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you that this today is not a question of performing and trying to impress you. Thank you that our dependence is not at all dependent on our capacity to live within boundaries. You love us anyway. When we were still sinners, you loved us. When we messed up all the boundaries, you still loved us. And in that environment of your love, you lavished grace on our lives and gave us the gift of righteousness so that something of that capacity will be restored in our lives. That that God divine authority of looking at life and ruling over my own capacity to say I will do it my way will be challenged by allowing you to prune us with your word to shape our lives in a way that you will be glorified through salvation gardens the lives of your people. Thank you that it's not performance, but thank you that it is a loving invitation from our Father, inviting us into a life of joy and a life of abundance and a life that's filled with your grace. Thank you that that is the reality that you are after. But Lord, it's almost as if we, as if we need in this, these moments to also come and, and, and we can call it whatever we want. We can call it moments of confession or we can just call it moments of honesty to stand up before you and say, Lord, there's areas in my life that I am doing it my way and I'm ending up in trouble because of those areas. Lord, will you help me to through a faithful conv conviction draw the lines and stick to it? I need your help, Lord. I need your spirit to give me power and love and sound judgment. Because without that, I will end up in trouble. And disasters will happen in my life. We need to be honest about that. I know this is so confronting. When everybody's eyes are still closed. I know this is so confronting, thinking that I need to stand up in church and kind of confess, be honest and say that I'm messing up in areas of my life. I am not drawing boundaries. I'm not living within them. But I don't think we will get to the place where we understand the invitation of our Father if we are not honest about where we are. Now I want to give a moment.
even though it might be so daunting for you standing up in church in front of other people today, if you say in any, any area of your life, no matter what it is, there's an area of disaster because of a lack of boundaries, I would love to pray for you this morning. And I want to invite you to stand up on your feet and today acknowledge that you need God's grace in those specific areas of your life. Will you do it with me? Will you stand up if you say, Lord, I need you in this area. I think I'm messing it up here. I think I'm missing a boundary. Lord, I need you. I need your spirit. I need to figure out why on earth would I be sacrificing this amazing life that you want me to have, to have a life of disaster. Anybody else that wants to stand, then I'm going to pray for us. Father, I want to pray for every person now standing, and even for those that might be too embarrassed to stand. But will you give us grace today? Will you lavish our lives with the conviction that God is for me, God is with me, God is in me, and I have a capacity to rule in life? Will you overwhelm us with your power? Will you soften our hearts with your love? Will you clear our minds with sound judgment as we navigate the challenges of life and bring order to chaos? Thank you that your grace is enough today over every person standing that you will give grace and that life will flourish because of your presence in our lives. Thank you that we can pray this prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to this week's message. Make sure that you get connected to this family on mission by joining us at one of our Sunday services.